the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Red Wings accumulated their fifth consecutive victory and 32nd overall for the 2023-24 season when they defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 3-2 in overtime this past Sunday. Daniel Sprong scored in the final minute of the first period, and then the Blackhawks tallied the next two goals before Alex DeBrinket lit the lamp with four minutes and 16 seconds remaining in regulation, and Patrick Kane fired the puck into the top shelf of the net on a breakaway in the extra session. Kane, DeBrinket, Robbie Fabry, Christian Fisher, and Shane Gostis-Bear each registered an assist to aid James Reimer, who saved 34 shots between the pipes for the victorious Red Wings. In curling news, the bourbon spiel on the rocks is taking place in Louisville, Kentucky through tomorrow. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Not only am I back, but the bourbon feels back. Who can't love a game that has that? You got you got a terrible echo going with you, Ed. You, Always do whenever we do that when we get over from Derek uh, and, and his announcements. Better yeah? You're never better. Nope. You're always <laughs> <laughs> the bourbon spiel. Yeah, you gotta love it. Um Hey, welcome, welcome back, folks. Moment of clarity here. Glad to be here. You know, I was thinking about it. It's been um, this July. It's going to be 14 years for me on, on air at Wham. Uh, that's a long time at a radio station in, in, in the radio business. It really is. And, and every, every, every part of it has been a blessing. Every part of it. Um, Started out uh, my first my first show. I, I remember. I mean, I started out with my one minute spots, moment of clarity spots, and uh, I, I love doing those. I just don't have time to always get those done. Um, but uh, I remember the show started. I started out with uh, Phil Stargell and and uh, Pastor Max Schuster uh, at my side, and look where it's gone now. I've got uh, Ed Bondarenko at my side. And everything goes downhill eventually. But I remember sitting with you guys. I, I, I wasn't going to say anything mean or crude. <laughs> I, I was just going, you know, uh, it's it's different. It's just it's 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 taken on a different face. But uh, it's still uh, the same lovely audience, and and it has grown. I think we got nine listeners now. Uh, <laughs> but I may have lost my wife. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, as a listener, not not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you looked lately? <laughs> Uh, boy, this could get me in trouble. I want to uh, reach out to the um, farmer family. They're uh, family in my in my uh, neighborhood. Uh, of uh, Leroy Farmer of Farmer Underwood Trucking. Um, long long stay in in our in our uh, family. 
around Milan area, uh, passed away the last couple of days. Uh, it was so touching. He, there was a huge trucking procession for him today. Uh, long line of uh, semis bobtailing together. And he loved classic cars, and there were a lot of classic cars uh, just going down the road past Farmer Underwood, honking their horn. It was it was beautiful. It was it was someone um, my wife called and told me about it, and then somebody sent me a little film of it on my phone, and it it was it was wonderful. He was a wonderful man. Uh, when we were first putting our house up here, um, uh, he delivered some of the uh, sand and dirt and stuff we needed for the house. And I remember when he came out here, he says, "You're moving into a good neighborhood." We are a family here. Just remember that, you know, and uh, that that was that was Leroy Farmer. Uh, that, that, that was my first impression of Leroy Farmer is you're, you're moving into a nice neighborhood. We're family here. Just remember that. Um, and that was my first impression of any anyone in this area um, was that. And then there was my neighbor who was trying to move property lines. But that was another story. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so to the farmer family, our condolences go out. Um, Leroy was a wonderful man, Mr. Fry. I, I knew him as Mr. Farmer. I mean, I respected him. Uh, his impressions, uh, impacted me greatly on the first, first meeting. And, uh, we lost, uh, we lost a, a great man in our, in our family. So, and I will call him family because that's how he saw it in, in our community. He saw us as a family. Uh, so with that being said, uh, 14 years here and back 14 years ago, one of the first things I talked about was how the progressive left, the far, far, far left, which really isn't that far to the left now. It's pretty much standard left. It's uh, um, was doing this neat thing with the language where they were taking words and changing their meanings to mean something different. And they took word like, uh, remember when the Democrats used to say they were the party of tolerance? And <laughs> <laughs> I am that old. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? And uh, come to find out they were totally rechanging the word, what the word tolerance made. And when people like myself and others were coming out and saying, hey, that... I, that word doesn't mean what we think you think it means <laughs> because you've changed the meaning of it. And we started educating them what, what it meant and started showing them in the dictionary what they meant. And they're saying, oh, you caught us. They, they just stopped using the word and say, fine, we're just not going to tolerate you then. You know, if, if, we can't, if we can't tolerate you in the way we want to, which is not at all, we're just not going to tolerate you. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, they, they, they went from not... They went from trying to change the word meaning to just saying, fine, you caught us. We're changing the we're changing meaning of word to suit us. And since you caught us doing it, we're just going to play the game totally different. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Love that movie. Love that movie. <laughs> Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, what what's one I just heard by him? Uh I can't. Uh, I'm Antigua Montoya. You can, my father, prepared to die. Yeah, <laughs> the same movie. Yeah, my 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 niece can quote every line of that movie, in accent, in character, from beginning to end, all the way through. I can't hear anything you're saying, Ed. You got muted. Um, so, 
is this better? That's say, better. That's not like, a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they they so I spoke over the years a lot on tolerance and how the left was trying to change that meaning, and now they've gotten to the point where they're saying, fine, we're not the party of tolerance anymore. We are now the party of cancel culture. That's who they are. They if they don't like you, they're not going to deal with you in respectful ways. They would rather just let you know that they totally disrespect you and cancel you out and 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 violently or very unfriendly at at minimum um let them know that or let you know that they disagree with you. Have you noticed that, Ed? I was just wondering, is that the name of a pop band cancel culture? I can't or culture club. That's what I'm thinking Cul- of. Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking of that uh, chameleon dude. Um, yeah, I am too. Yeah, Karma, Karma, Chameleon. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, Surprise some you distraction. Don't that song. <laughs> oh, I just heard it everywhere on commercials for a long time too. You know, so yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, same, same. He, 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 well, you know, <laughs> you want to say we were talking wrong. about, for instance, cancel culture. It gets to the point where you decide that you don't want to say anything for fear of an argument. And so you and I were talking about this earlier today. I was at a at a funeral uh, memorial dinner after the after the uh, internment. And uh, you know, the, the line from Scrooge, you know, I, I will go, but I must be fed. And so, oh, they fed us well too, thank you. And so anyways, I'm sitting there trying to be on my best behavior and somebody said something about the cost of something. And I said, yeah, well, we know all, we all know who to thank for that, you know? And the guy next to me, he says, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it turns out he's a small businessman, owns a uh, floral uh, shop, you know, cut, he wholesales florals, cut flowers. And so we're talking a bit, and then the guy across the uh, uh, table from me, and then my wife's cousin, he's a doctor. I didn't know where he stood. And it turns out most everybody at the table is conservative and those who weren't were quiet, which was nice for once, you know? <laughs> but the point is you don't know how many people are in agreement with you because you're afraid to speak up sometimes and say something and find out that, uh, yeah, you know, you're not the minority, you are the majority. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> so many different stories I could share. I remember uh, inviting the lovely Linda and Theron X to uh, uh, service I was doing up on base up uh, at Selfridge. Uh, I was invited to do a, a sermon up there. I know the pastor up there quite well. And um, he invited me to come up and speak to his church. I did not know much about the political ideology of the base up there at the time. Uh, the, the congregation um, was primarily, uh, to be honest, it was primarily African-American. And so, uh, a matter of fact, it was all African-American. And so I invited uh, Theron and uh, Linda up, and they had a wonderful dinner afterwards, absolutely wonderful dinner afterwards. And here, I got to tell you, this is what I love about Theron. He is who he is, 24 hours a day, 24-7. He does not put on airs. He does not pretend to be somebody he is not. He is who he is on air. And uh, this was just uh, shortly after the uh, re-election of uh, Obama. And, uh, uh, and we, we're at the dinner, and Theron 
proceeded to see if he could help educate everyone at our table (laughs) (laughs) about uh, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. And I'm thinking, I went from uh, a welcome guest here to I'm going to be burned. (laughs) Piranha. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And you know what? They, they they could not fight his logic. They could not fight what he had to say. They were in total agreement. And they said, you're right. You're right. And, and it just goes to show you, when you take an argument and you fight it and you take it from a logical base and you, you're not fighting it from an emotional base, there's nothing you can do to stand against it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and so, I- yeah. I think I've told you this story before. There's a guy I worked with many years ago and uh, when I was a GM and I was in skilled trades and we would talk all the time and, and uh, you know, we were somewhat friendly. And then one day he, I noticed he's avoiding me and I'd walk in the locker room and he'd walk out the other side. I'd walk into the break area. He'd walk out the other side. Finally, I cornered him and I said, are you avoiding me? And he says, well, actually, yes, I am. I says, well, what do I do to you? Well, nothing, except when we talk about abortion, you come up with every reason where my brain says I have to agree with them, but my guts feel like I, 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 I can't do that. I have, to, I have to support abortion. And so I can't take the conflict, the internal conflict anymore. He told me this. He says, so I'm just going to avoid you. So... To finish your story off with, um, in, in case our dear friend and owner of the radio station listening, uh, Pastor Paulus of that church, who I'm dear friends, every time I see him, he he asked me to send his love to, to Thade Rowan. He says, I absolutely love him. He's absolutely right. And uh, Pastor Paulus is 100% conservative. Um, he, 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 he can't argue against the logic. He can't. Yeah, that's right. That. Um, so... We, we have that. Uh, and then there's other thing. You were talking about your funeral. And we'll get into the cancel culture, but I'll share this story. Um, we talked about uh, funerals and being the watering hole. Where you go, you know, where... According to Kipling, the animals don't fight at the watering hole, except the crocodiles never got the memo. No, the crocodiles didn't get the memo. So, um, <laughs> uh, in my family, uh, the, the men in our family, we, we have this competition... Ever since, uh, well, since my stepfather was alive, on who could be the king? Oh, how do I say? It? I've got to find the right word. Uh, Derek, get ready start, on the button. Derek, get ready on the button. Starts with an A and it ends with the word hole. I can say it that way, right? I'm good. Okay. Look at him. Look at him get his finger <laughs> over the button there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> on who can be the greatest A? Uh, then the word hole uh, in the family, and uh, that term became a term of endearment. And uh, after uh, my stepfather passed away it was unanimous that i should get that title and uh my brother-in-law has a ringtone for me and when he caught when i call him it starts out with the nuclear meltdown alarms the alarms and everything else and it says you have an term of endearment insert here calling (laughs) (laughs) really loud You have a sphincter calling. Yeah, you have, yeah. Uh, only the other word. Uh, 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 answer now. You have sphincter calling. Answer now. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. Calling. So, shoot forward a little bit at my mother's funeral. 
in a great big Catholic church. Uh, and it's at the time before the, before the mass and everyone's gathering around oh, the casket. And it's a big stone cathedral type church. And I call my wife over to the other side of the church. It's my brother-in-law's over by my mother's casket. I said, watch this. I'm going to, I'm going to call Bob. And she said, what do you mean? He's, he's right over there. Just go over and talk to him. I said, no, I'm going to call Bob. And, uh, she says, well, he's right there. Just go talk to him. I said, no, I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him right now. She says, but why are you going to, I said, just, just watch. She said, whatever. <laughs> so I call him and his phone is on and it's turned up <laughs> and his phone ring for me goes off. Nice and loud throughout the church. And she looks at me echoing, echoing throughout the church. <laughs> he, 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 my wife looks at me. She says, oh, you did not. <laughs> Bob, what does he do? He takes the phone out and he hails up. That's <laughs> a keep ringing. He says, go ahead and leave a message, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to own it. Yeah, he's going to own it. Yeah. And like you said, he could have, he that was his choice. He could have put the phone on vibrate. Or if he really wanted to put an appropriate ringtone, he could have put How Great Thou Art on it. And knowing my ego, that would have been a, an appropriate song. Yeah. Uh, so, but, uh, but no. He Folks, decided, if you have funny funeral stories, feel free to call in 734 822 1600. We're looking for funny funeral stories. You know, it's funny you say that uh, during Vatican II. You, you, you're, you're old enough to remember Vatican II. Um, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> during, during Vatican II, they decided this is when they got rid of the black poles, the pure, purely black poles, because they thought that uh, it was too depressing. They wanted to try to make the funerals more, more celebratory. Uh, and this is not a joke. So they more evangelical. They, yeah, more evangelical, <laughs> really. They did. Yeah. So they went with the lighter Pauls, the white Pauls with the gold crosses, whatever. Uh, and, and they were told uh, throughout the throughout the church, try to make funerals much more celebratory. There was one priest who took it so far that he would dress up as a clown. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I am so serious. He would dress up as a clown. And, and in his mind, that was celebratory. And I thought, how <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> but... Um, yeah. Okay. Everyone, everyone wants to, you know, bring a clown to a birthday party, right? So, yeah. um, yeah, we'll go with that. So, <laughs> um, trying to be nice today, but uh, yeah, it's back to the cancel culture. Um, I had a, an incident the other night uh, where I was talking to someone, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, this this person approached me and decided they wanted to get into the discussion about how much she supported Palestine and she started accusing Israel of genocide. And I had to point out it wasn't genocide. It was, it was a war. And the reason they were in that war is because of Hamas and it was Hamas that was actually preventing them from leaving. And it was, it was, it was places like Egypt and everyone else that was preventing them from leaving. And it was not Israel trying to commit genocide. And she says, no, it's genocide. We went back and forth. Go ahead. Ed, and I'll continue with the story. When, when you hear Palestinian, when you hear Israelis, say from the river to the sea, then you know it's genocide. Yeah. I yeah. said exactly that same thing. I said the one I'm calling sorry. for genocide. I, I said the same thing to her. I said, well, it, it, it's the Palestinians that are calling for genocide. And uh, 
but uh, well, let's see here. We got a message coming in. I'm sure. Uh, oh, Joe. Joe has a funny story about a funeral. Well, he's got a comment. I, I've never <laughs> known Joe to be funny about anything. That's but, true. Hey, there could be Da-da-dum. a first time. There could be a first time for anything. I mean, the Lord parted the water, right? Yeah. So miracles can happen. Hey, Joe, be funny. Hey, brother. Well, first, 14 years. Congratulations. That'll be 14 years in July. Oh, in July, yeah. And you'd think after 14 years you would actually learn how to do this. No, I can't learn anything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you set yourself up for that. I couldn't resist. But at any rate, yeah, funerals. I'm kind of looked at funny most times because I laugh more than I cry at a funeral. Yeah, they're sad. We're sad they're gone. But, yes, I agree with you that it should be more celebratory. Uh, Celebrate their life, what they gave us, how great they were while they were on the planet. And they are at the right hand of God now in a better place. Uh, Yeah, again, Sad, but we should laugh too. All right. All right. Love you, brothers. Take care. God bless. You know, along those lines, I went to a funeral recently two weeks ago. A friend of, uh, actually, sister of a friend of mine, and she had taken her own life. And it was hard to do that Christian celebratory thing at the moment, you know? we, we assume that she was in the hands of Jesus and it was just a bout of depression that caused her to do that. But you know, those are the ones where it's a little harder to be celebratory. There, there, as a pastor who's done a, a number of funerals, I've done people that um, I knew their walk. I, they, they were very, always walked very solid in their faith, always had a strong testimony. I never doubted for a second for their their faith and what the Lord did on that cross for them. Um, and those are the easiest funerals as a pastor for me mm-hmm. to do. Absolutely the easiest because it becomes an immediate celebration. It really does because I know where that brother or sister is at. Uh, and, the, the race was won. And, and, the race was finished, and the race was race won. Was won. And, and that that per, that person is now in a place that I can't even begin in this world through my eyes begin to describe. All right, <laughs> that that person is 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 in a much is able to describe something that I cannot even begin to fathom. So it becomes such a great celebration. But then you have the ones that, uh, hmm, not so much. <laughs> they never, they they never profess to know the Lord. They never accepted Christ. Uh, that they have openly, you know, showed any sign of whatsoever in their whole life. They never walked any walk, so to speak. Of they uh, actually were act quite militant against the the concept of God. And those aren't celebrations. Those are. Uh, more condolences. Those are services for condolences to this family. Sorry for your loss type things. And those are the hard ones. Mm-hmm. Folks, I'm telling you, I, I when your family can sit there and say, hey, that person had a surety in their life and we're so happy for that. I, I recently did one for a gentleman I've known forever. And uh, he started coming to church and he, he was recently baptized. And uh, 
confess strong faith in the Lord. And people who people who didn't know the Lord, people who hadn't confessed said, I've seen sides of him lately that I've never seen before. And he believed in God. And and I think he's with the God he believed with. Now, they wouldn't accept him. But even these other people were saying, I, I think he's somewhere better now because he believed it so much. And that's kind of testimony. And that kind of testimony lingers with people when you're gone. Hey, folks, I want to talk about cancer culture. We will get a chance to get to that after these messages. Uh, see you in a few. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Red Wings achieved their sixth straight triumph when they pummeled the Washington Capitals 8-3 this past Tuesday. Shane Gostas Bear and Lucas Raymond scored nearly ten and a half minutes apart in the opening period. Joe Valeno, Gostas Bear, and JT Comfer lit the lamp in the middle frame. And Robbie Fabry, Alex Debrinkit, and Dylan Larkin each fired the puck into the net in the first three quarters of the third period to complete the Red Wings scoring. Eight Red Wings players amassed one assist, while Raymond, David Perron, and Patrick Kane each recorded a pair of helpers to aid Alex Lyon, who captured his 18th win between the pipes for the scorching hot Motor City Hockey Club. Now here's your moment of clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, because I can't do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Give me, give me that thing. Silent greed is people. We've got to stop them somehow. And we're back. Just remember this one thing. If you take Nothing else from the show. Remember this. Sowing is people. Like that. It's important. <laughs> hey, Ed. Welcome back. Hey, so, I got to I got to really. Uh, it figures he walked away and my phone is. I hope this isn't going across his knuckle. Okay, there. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing. Oh, good! It finally went away. Uh, I hope it didn't go over the air that way. But uh, it does. Uh, I got uh, kind of confronted last week by somebody who wanted to just they they knew my stance on Israel, and uh, I I really believe they knew it, and so they wanted to sit there and and I'm going to say probably went out of their way trying to pick a fight, and I was willing to have a conversation with them, and they kept accusing. Israel of of trying to um, well genocide an entire race, which is not the case. Uh, matter of fact, it's it's the other side that's actually wants genocide from the river to the it. sea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, she kept insisting it wasn't a war; it was genocide. And I said, "Well, no, both sides are saying it's a war. No, it's not. Both sides are saying it's a war. No, it's not." 
<laughs> yeah. What do we want? All Jews dead. When do we want it? Now. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Right. So that's not genocide. Yeah. So, um, so finally, after I gave, I gave the information about how, how she said, they're dropping leaflets on them. How dare they? I says, you, you know what the leaflet says? The leaflet Get says, out. we're going to be bombing there. Get out. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, that's exactly what it's saying is we are going to be attacking this area. We don't want you dead. So please vacate that area. Now, their government, Hamas, is saying, if you leave, we will kill you. <laughs> so, <laughs> who's the bad guys here? Israel. No, <laughs> Israel's not the bad guy here. It's the ones that are saying, if you try to vacate, we'll kill you. <laughs> you know? And he said, and, and they're putting concrete in the water. I says, no, they're, they're bombing areas where Hamas is hiding people and it's, it's blowing up infrastructure. And yes, it's getting debris in the water. I said, do you know who supplied the water in the first place when it was drinkable and mm -hmm. supplied it and gave it to them? Israel. Do you know who supplied the electrical infrastructure there? Israel. They says, here, you need water. You need electricity. They gave it to them. Not Hamas. Israel did that. No, they're taking it away. I said, please do your homework. So she kept going on like this and denying everything. And finally I said, well, we're going to just have to respectfully disagree. Now, that's how you and I were brought up. You can think their, their view is. Let's agree to disagree and not be disagreeable. Right. Well, you can think their, I, their view is as dumb as rocks, but you. Respect Try not to laugh when they talk. Yeah. Right. Try not to laugh when they talk. <laughs> right. Exactly. And she says, I, there, there's no no respect here. I totally disrespect anything about you. Anything at all. Bah, bah, okay. Okay. Well, then the conversation's over. I'm good with that. What do you mean the conversation's over? No. <laughs> the conversation's over. You 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 can't you can't show respect. The conversation's over, right? I'm willing to have the conversation as long as there's respect for each other. I don't care. You don't have to respect my view at all. I don't care. And I, and I looked, I just, I really don't care if you don't respect my view. I said, I don't respect yours, but I still respect you. So the following day, she comes into my, uh, into my purview again, into my area. And uh, she says, I want to, I want to continue our conversation. I said, no, the conversation's done. <laughs> says, I just want you to know. Uh, she said, what do you mean the conversation? Said, I said, well, I'm done talking about it. I said, yesterday's conversation was just for me an exercise in rhetoric and you did not come prepared. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? I said, that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Man, that's cruel. <laughs> so, <laughs> Having a battle of wits with somebody who's not armed. Um, I wish she would have said that because I said, and that too. <laughs> but uh, I said, please understand, there is absolutely nothing, nothing that you could say or do that would have changed my mind. Nothing. It was nothing more than an exercise in rhetoric. There is no point of view. There is nothing that you can say that I would, I would hold so important in my life that would cause me to change my mind. You do not have that much control in my life. But I was going to show you respect enough to entertain your thoughts. But when you said there is no respect and only disrespect, that ended the conversation. 
Well, I have every right to disrespect you. I said, yes, you do. Conversation's over. <laughs> well, you can't just say the conversation is over. Shut my door. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah, I think the conversation was over at that point, wasn't conversation it? Conversation was over. Yeah. But um, so am I guilty of cancel culture? I, I don't think so. I gave her every opportunity to try to deal Excuse with. Me. Yes. That's cancel culture is when you shut people out from venues, when you make it so that they cannot talk, when you uh, censor them on Facebook or report them to Facebook. shut her out of my office. Yeah, but that's different. That's you, you gave her the opportunity to talk. You didn't shut her up and cancel her. You let her talk in the first place. Sometimes you let people talk and they realize, oh, wait a minute, did I just say that out loud? And they they come to the you know almost the Socratic method without really applying it. You know they Thank they realize Socratic method because that leads me to part of our conversation. She, oh, I, mentioned, I, I mentioned to her. I said you know I I, I was t- talking to her about. Uh, I said you you might want to learn when I talked to her about rhetoric. And she says you know I'm very familiar with the Greek philosophers. And I says well I would suggest you take Socrates' advice. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> and how did that go over? She says, "What do you mean?" <laughs> okay. And I says, "Well, you do you know what advice he gave? A lot of advice. I mean, it could have been any number of things, but I think you know exactly the advice." Yeah. That Socrates gave. He says it is better to leave your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. <laughs> so, um. And uh, yeah. she comes. She did. She didn't know the Greek philosophers as well as what she thought she did. She didn't know what the Socratic method was. She didn't even know that phrase. Which the Socratic method of teaching is one I uh, 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 ascribe uh, to all the time. You know what the Socratic method of teaching is, don't you? You, you just ask questions. Yeah, that's what it's I just. just did. Uh, you know what yeah. you know, the Socratic method of teaching? Oh is. man, go <laughs> right into that one. Yeah, that, that, that's the Socratic method of teaching is you ask questions. Um, I, I love it. I use it on my students all the time, which reminds me, we have a, a, a midterm coming up Monday. Keep my students in prayer. Um, they will be sweating blood. I know I've seen the midterm. I'm familiar with the questions. Three essay questions plus some true and false. Wow. Thanks. Fun, fun, fun. In history, too. And in history, names and dates do matter. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of this Kelvin and Hobbes cartoon I saw last week where he's looking at the paper and it says, explain in your own words, and I forget what, the, what it was, just explain in your own words this, right? And so he writes out, twickle, whack, I love these easy questions. <laughs> yeah. I make sure they're not worded that way. Okay. I, I start with explain this. Yeah. I never say in your own words because <laughs> that opens up a whole can of worms that uh, as an instructor, yeah. I don't want to open up. You you have to watch how you phrase phrase your questions on, on exams. I was just talking to Derek about uh, this, my TA who's helping me with this. Uh, she asked her, her question was brilliant, but it referred to the theology of ancient judaism but what what how ancient do you want to go because it changed the to the ancients from time to time right if you go back 
before the intertestamental, if you, is that ancient? You know, be, be before rabbinical Judaism, what was their basis of theology? Is going to change a little bit after rabbinical Judaism. It's going to alter, but they were both considered ancient, right? It was a time they were polytheistic. So, you know, at that point, you know, it's a. Yeah, so so you got you got to put a timeline on it. So you have to be very careful, especially when when they're history courses. You have to make sure that you are not being where it cannot be, can't be accused of being arbitrary. And uh, and I'll tell you, I I have the most remarkable TAs in my classes. I have a couple of different ones. Teaching are, assistants. Yeah, I'm glad you knew what that was. I, I yeah. didn't even fathom that someone would know what a TA is to a professor. Teaching assistants. Yes. yes. And uh, the ones that the school assigns me have been fantastic. So, no you know, there's a, there's a book out on cancel culture that I was just looking at uh, by this uh, comedian named Jimmy Fallon, who's kind of big on Fox right now. And um, it's called Cancel Culture Dictionary. I do not recommend this book. This guy's kind of crass and crude. He spent his uh, career as a taxi driver in New York before getting a comedy gig and making it big time, so to speak. He says, this book is a collection of naughty jokes and nutty people whose stories guide us to a world where we don't spend all day slugging it out on Twitter, X, or whatever dumb name Elon Musk gives it next time he gets stoned. <laughs> Speaking of comedians, one of our favorite, I don't know about yours, one of my favorite comedians growing up just passed away. Uh, Richard Lewis. Oh, yeah. okay. Fine. I knew him from Homicide Life on the Streets more than as a comedian. No, he was, wasn't that, right. that was a different comedian, wasn't it? No, it was him. I'm pretty sure. But uh, if Derek doesn't tell us, I'll look it up. Uh, I know. I, I remember Richard Lewis and only one, one sitcom, and that was with uh, uh, Jane, or what's her name, from uh, Halloween. Curtis? Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. He was in a sitcom with her. Curb your, uh, Lewis was on Curb Your, Enthu uh, Curb your Enthusiasm, I guess. I didn't know that. Hmm. Sharon, I just watched one episode of that for the first time the other day, and she found it funny. Hmm. Yeah, he, he absolutely. He's had this real dry, self-deprecating humor about himself. Uh, normally, it's not a humor that I, I type, I would normally type, I would like. I'm not really normally into self-deprecating humor uh, from anyone. I, I think God created wonderful human beings and we shouldn't be tearing them apart. But he was he was actually quite good at it uh, and made it funny. Well, excuse me. I guess he wasn't on Homicide Life in the Streets. So no, I'm wondering what I, I know who you're thinking that was. Of, the guy you're thinking about, uh, I know his name. I can't place it right now. He actually had a tattoo on his shoulder of Jerry Lewis, uh, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and he passed away very recently, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, he played on that cop show for a long time, and that's who I, I believe you're talking about. Richard Belzer. That was Belzer. Yeah. Belzer. Yeah. Rick Belzer. Yeah, and yep. believe it or not, he he had Jerry Lewis's tattoo, the one that they used from uh, MDA, uh, that little line drawing of Jerry Lewis tattooed on mm -hmm. his arm. And he got it put on because he thought he was so upset on how they got rid, MDA got rid of Jerry Lewis from, from that, and he thought it was so ah. disrespectful. And I would agree with him. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we used to 
contribute lots of money to MDA. And, and, and I love the kids, but they thought so little about what he did. It's like, wow. That was his baby. Yeah. And they took his baby away. Yeah. Yeah. So, Folks, if you have another funny funeral story, feel free to call in 734-822-1600. Yeah, it's, uh, I just find it to, I guess if we can bring the cancel culture to an end here is, no, I don't really think I was guilty of cancel culture. She wanted to argue without hearing another side. And that was, that was uh, the problem with today's left. They want to argue and they don't want to hear both sides. They want to call. It's, it's worse. No, they want to shut you up. That's the cancel part of cancel culture. Yeah. It's the, not that they just don't want to hear you individually. They don't want anybody to hear you. So they put a, a muffle on you and they, they do what they call that, um, where you get uh, um, restricted. You don't even know that your, your uh, output is being restricted. Like Bill Whittle. I forget how many followers he had on his his uh, podcast at BillWhittle.com and, and the YouTube. And then it just got to where they reported less and less and less. And he, his his viewership just went down. He didn't change. but And people were that, still there. But, when, yeah. I'm cut you off because Derek looked like he had something important. Yeah, yeah I think, Ed, the, the term you were trying to think of is either shadow banning or censoring. Thank you. Shadow banning. Yep, that's it. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, and that's what happens, and you don't even realize it would happen. It happened under the old Twitter regime, and that's one thing that Elon Musk exposed was that people were being shadow banned, and nobody even knew this is what was happening. It made them look less popular than they actually were, and so it and, like, and gave them less of a platform. Now, this is—I told this story all in mind because I wanted to bring up this one point. This conversation I was having with was with a girl that confesses to be. Christian. All right. And we get so caught up and it brings to mind the story of your friend who didn't know how to deal with conversations he had with you with abortion. He knew in your head and knew in his head what you're saying was right, but his gut says no. We started as Christians, if we really don't know our faith strongly, we start listening to the world and we start grabbing a hold of this hype and we start believing this hype without really looking into things, you know, and we think it's got to be right, right? Because the world is saying this, it has to be right. And we grab a hold of it so strongly that when we hear an opposing view, especially from a, a, another brother or sister in Christ, and it doesn't, it, it, it sounds right, but it goes against our gut. Our gut says the world tells, says that's wrong. We want to go with the world. That is human nature, folks. We want to go with the world. But, you know, the world is very seldom is the world right. Um, I can't think of too many times at all where uh, actually when it comes to choice between the world being right or God being right, ah, the world's zero and zero. <laughs> <laughs> Except as Venn diagrams. I love Venn diagrams and where the world agrees with the church uh, you know, or the Bible, then the world is correct. But when it doesn't, it is not. Ah, sometimes the worldly church is wrong too. Oh, I didn't say I, I, that's uh, why I cor you know corrected right. myself. Said the Bible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's uh, and so we have to remember that sometimes we are willing to be swayed by our presuppositions, and our presuppositions that are influenced by the world are going to sway us into the wrong directions. And when that happens, 
please be open to listen and to hear and entertain a thought. Even with the church, as you were as we were discussing, even in the church, you can see this cancel culture take place where, you know, they decided to put a pride flag up behind the the uh, uh, san- you know, back of the sanctuary where you've been forever and a day and you get this new minister in and he's going to do this and do that. And all of a sudden start uh, anointing or blessing Mary. We're not marrying them. We're just blessing their union or some such nonsense. And you start arguing about that. And all of a sudden, well, you're no longer the Sunday school teacher or you're no longer on the board or you're relegated to some portion outside of the congregation and, and the rest of the congregation thinking, well, hey, that's the pastor. He's the spiritual authority here. He must be right. You're a boogerhead. And that's that's another way, you know, people get canceled. Yeah. Well, they, they've left the uh, they've left the true meaning of the words out of the Bible and they've changed the meanings. Yeah. <laughs> you want you want proof of that? The word love. The word love today in today's culture means absolutely not even close to what it meant in the scripture when we use it. It it doesn't. You know, there, there, we talk about the five different meanings of love, and we always say, hey, one of them is not mentioned in the Bible. You know, eros, that's not mentioned. We, we got agape, we got phileo, we got, we got uh, the uh, uh, brotherly love and the familial love and everything else, but no eros. And now in today's culture, we want to make every love eros. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. And it doesn't belong. Uh, I mean... There is there is that kind of love between husband and wife, but what I'm saying is that that's not the love that we're called to have for one another. And so when they say love is love, they're they're missing the point. Love is defined. We got a really good definition a couple times throughout the Bible what love is, right? Yeah. And, and we we know one thing that it doesn't that it isn't. It's not homosexuality. It, the Bible has a whole bunch of stuff to say about that too. The Bible has a whole lot of stuff to say about fornication also. And adultery, by the way, uh, adultery is bad too. These are not, mm-hmm. I mean, there's more than just one sin in the Bible, you know, and this speaks against all of them. All right. And, uh, Hey, love is love. You should be allowed to commit adultery. Does that make sense? Actually, the greatest love is, as you were alluding to self-sacrificial greater man has no love, uh, greater help me out here. Greater love has no man than this. Thank you that he should uh, give up his life for his friends. Yeah, and uh, that. Is, but we don't talk about self-sacrificial, self-sacrificial love anymore. First, yes, you're right, and, and we also see that same type of sacrificial love talked about in First Corinthians at the beginning of chapter five, or of, of Ephesians chapter five. Uh, you start seeing that kind of love uh, brought out um, in in the very first verse, of chapter five, uh, what Christ provided for us. Then you see in First Corinthians a definition of love, of it being forgiving, long-suffering, and all these beautiful things, all things that we make choices to do. It's not an emotion. Yes. Yes, we make choices exactly. to do. And, and love is about choices of how you treat mankind, right? Choices about how you treat mankind. Not how you treat and accept sin. God is the one who deals with with how he's going to deal with sin. I, and I will give it that. It says, judge not the world. World's already judged. I, I will agree with that. The world is already judged. The condemnation is not good. All right? 
but we cannot we cannot condone sin. We're not called to condone sin. We are not said, hey, condone sin so we can all sit around and sing tiptoe through the tulips together in Kumbaya. No, <laughs> that's not it. We can't condone sin. But we are told to be forgiving and long suffering. And that, that's love. So when you say love is love, please use a biblical definition. Do not try to just say, hey, they just want to love each other. No, that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about when you're talking about homosexuality and you're breaking that into it, you're talking about sexual preferences. And let's just be honest. That's what you're talking about. You're not talking about anything to do with with religion. You're talking about having it your own way. Yes. On this note, I'm done talking. I'm not going to give anyone else a word to say a word at all. I'm going to cancel you out. The show is over, but I love you anyways, and I'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio. 